Hi everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for Courageous Conversations podcast number 13. And with me is Alexandra Haggerty from First National Up in Maitland. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's great to see you. So firstly, let's just talk a little bit about how you got into real estate and and, um, a little bit about your business. Fell into real estate like a lot of young people, um, finished school, didn't really know what to do, decided to do the certificate of registration and away I went, started on front desk. Nice. Yep, into property management and then pretty much every job in the office since there. Yes, exactly. It's good to know everything uh, in the office. It makes a really big difference. Sure does. No one can get anything over you. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) Exactly right. I first met you when you shared the story around Carrie's Place. Can you tell us a little bit about what that relationship is? Carrie's Place are the domestic violence and homelessness service provider for the Lower Hunter, and uh, which is where our office is. And we had a tenant that we discovered after that they had gone into a rental property that they had been a victim of violence and having a conversation with her one day and she was talking about how um, grateful she was that the owner had given her a chance and that she was no longer homeless and we started talking about issues with homelessness and linked to domestic violence, our area being unfortunately one of the highest areas in the state for violence against women and family violence. And um, that struck up a conversation with uh, Carrie's Place and I we work together to develop a partnership to rehome women who have left violence and are facing homelessness. The biggest risk factor for homelessness is domestic violence in Australia. Is that right? Yeah. So we quickly realised that these women were going to be incredibly grateful to have a roof over their head and the head of their children and they weren't going to do anything to jeopardise that tenancy and that this could work really well for our landlords and offer them some great tenants in at the same time offering a service to um, vulnerable people in our community. Okay, so how long ago did you start this? Uh, four years ago. Okay, and so talk me through what happens. Somebody comes to your office, how do they know that you are a DV-friendly environment? Um, a lot more, more and more people are approaching us directly because of the media that we've been getting over the partnership. But the actual partnership, people are referred to us by caseworkers from Carrie's Place. So okay. part of their intake is an assessment and they understand, Carrie's Place understand uh, that not everyone um, is a good fit for private housing. So they identify as part of their intake um, interview and the process clients that are likely to be successful in the private rental and they um, will then refer those clients to us with their needs and what they are requiring in a home. We try and match them up and then uh, we will give those clients more time when we're checking their application because a lot of times they don't have the same access to information for the rental property. Uh, They also may need a little bit longer explaining things that have happened in their past. Mm. Uh, It's full disclosure to our landlords and then we advocate on those clients' behalf to our landlords. The landlords have all of the information. There's no pressure put on them. We make it really clear to the landlords that if they're not comfortable that 
this isn't going to be a successful tenancy because, you know, as the old real estate saying is, sales is a fling and property management is a marriage and (laughs) they're going to be around for a long time. This is a relationship between landlord and tenant that needs to work and if the landlord isn't comfortable with the background that client has, then we just move on to the next property and try and move them into that property. Part of the program is also that our staff are trained on the services and the products that are available for these clients so that they can explain those to the landlords, what start safely will mean, what a rental bond loan is, what the terms and conditions are for that. Um, If they've got a rent it, keep it certificate, which means they've done five hours face-to-face training on how to be a good tenant. All of these things our staff understand so that they can explain that to the landlords. And where does that training come from? Generally from Carrie's Place, although there are a lot of other programs out there. Samaritans recently did a service for working with domestic violence clients and what products are available. Um, That was just a webinar which I did and then we passed that information through the office. A lot of times I'll go and do the um, training myself and then... um, Train the team. Train the team in the office, yeah. Yeah. And as far as Carrie's Place knowing what a good tenant looks like, is that from conversations they've had with you, what your expectations yeah. are? Yep. So I've gone over to their office and I do it regularly because they do. it is an industry that turns over a staff quite quickly. Right. Um, and so I'll go over to their big team meetings, which is where the entire organisation is meeting, and I take over our application form, our checklist form, and I go through what we're looking for, what we require, what we won't accept, so that they understand that, you know, we don't look at clients that are going over the 30% mark for their rent-to-income ratio um, without additional resources, which is where Start Safely can come in. Um, Housing will assess up to 50% is acceptable, but... We feel that that's not appropriate and sure. not maintainable for a long tenancy. Yeah, long term, yeah. So we go through step by step exactly what we're after in an application, so that the applications can look as strong as possible to help that client, but also they don't need to refer someone to us that's not going to be successful in a property. Yeah, because that's um, that I suppose is where the courageous conversations have to come in uh, mm. around the suitability right. of the tenants, and so they're not always going to be suitable. No. How do you approach those conversations? Um, I think it comes down to with Carrie's place, definitely the conversation that we have before any client is even referred to us. They understand that not everyone is going to be successful in a property. They understand that it's not our decision. It's the owner's decision. They understand if we say that client is not suitable for that property, that there's other things involved in the background that they may not understand. An example of that was we had a client that was escaping a partner who was in the local bikey gang and unbeknownst to Carrie's place or the client, yep. we knew that there was another member of that gang in the same block of units. Oh, right. So, or it could be mental health issues sure. of someone who's in close proximity. It, it, for whatever reason, we can't always disclose with privacy sure. what else is happening around, but they do understand and trust us. I was going to say, obviously, you've established a relationship of trust. Definitely. And so they just take it. Um, they take your word for it when you yeah. say, no, this is not going to work. Yeah, and they also, we they understand that the program as a whole is more important to succeed than the individual. Sure. Because if we can 
have this partnership where I can trust who they're the clients that they're sending to us and they can trust and accept the ones that we say yes or no to that the partnership may be able to accommodate a lot more More. people than the individual that is declined. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So how have your landlords taken this? Because I would imagine on the surface the landlords would say no. That's predominantly at first when we started, yes, that's what we would hear. But then we explain this how the program works. We yep. explain that that each client has 12 weeks um, intense access to their caseworker for the first 12 weeks of the tenancy. Right. Uh, we have a privacy policy that's signed by the tenant and us that allows us to speak to the caseworker with full disclosure. Okay. So if anything's happening with the tenancy we get in contact with the caseworker and the two of us kind of like shepherd the tenancy back on on track again. Yeah. Um, and we also have access to the caseworker for the duration of the tenancy if something starts to go wrong. Okay. So once you start to explain the access to the caseworker, yep. the fact that the caseworker's primary goal is to keep that client accommodated, which means they're going to do whatever they can to try and keep the tenancy sure. positive and right for the landlord and that the tenant is most likely to listen to what's what the caseworker is saying because it's not coming from the big bad agent that's telling them. It's coming from their caseworker that works for them to say, no, this is what you need to do to keep the tenancy on track. It provides another level of comfort to a lot of landlords that they can um, – They've they've got a little bit of a backstop yep. to help them. Yeah. And so how many people have you accommodated um, in the program over the last four years? Check. You didn't check? No. Give me a wild guess. Uh, last year I said 10% of our rent roll had gone through the program. Wow. And so how big is your rent roll? 300. So about 30. Roughly. So, okay. that's Yeah, yeah that's a little bit more than one a fortnight. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's quite a lot. It is when you consider the factors that these clients come with they're not an everyday tenant that sure you know sometimes there may not be access to a car which we're a rural area so houses that accommodate someone without car accommodation are not as prevalent as in the city Um, quite often there's limited income Um, quite often there's issues with what suburb they can be in or yeah Yeah, right so when you look at the intricacies of what these clients need yeah so it's a lot more work for you and your team it was at the start. It's probably not a lot more work now. And okay. having said that, I probably shelter the team from a lot of it. I try and get them to come via my desk and my email okay. first so that I can sort of sort what is going to be checked, what's not going to be checked. And have you had um, any go badly wrong? No. Okay. We've had um, we've had one return to her partner. Uh, but she broke her lease, paid her break lease fee, and that can happen yep. with any tenancy. Sure. We certainly have had no properties damaged. Okay, that's great. Um, we've had no properties where they haven't paid rent. Okay. Yeah. No, they've been very, very successful to the point we have had three of our tenants move on to a second property with us okay. once they've got established and got a job and settled and into a bigger, nicer home. Yep. And we now have a number of our landlords that have been through the program the first time who have requested another tenant from the program. Wow. Yeah. That must make you feel really good. Certainly. And we've had two landlords bring us properties 
specifically for the program after seeing it through Is the that media. right? So they were um, properties that were being managed by other people and they yep. specifically came to you? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I like to say it's we're giving the gift of giving. We're allowing our landlords to do something yeah. that they feel good about and it allows them to have a nice little moment of – I'm doing something for my community without it costing them anything because they're still paying market rent. It's it's not an outlay for those landlords. Sure. Mm. Yeah, sounds fantastic. If somebody was interested in finding out what is available to support somebody in domestic violence, where would they go to get that information about those products? The best starting point is your local domestic violence and homelessness service provider, and it's just a Google search for your region. Um, They can be from Samaritans through to individual smaller entities, um, sometimes councils. It's just a matter of your region, who is the DV service provider. Okay. Yeah. And I know you've spoken about this um, a lot. Have you got other real estate agents around New South Wales that are – have, that have developed the relationships because you've got a formal mm. um, memorandum of understanding yes. with Carrie's Place. Have you got others that you know of that have done something similar? I don't know of any others that have actually formed a memorandum of understanding. I certainly know a lot of agencies who are now having conversations with DV service providers and yep. are open and willing to leasing property to DV clients. But yep. I've certainly noticed since I've been doing this some talking on it, a shift in the stigma attached to it for a tenant. And even within our town, I was really surprised to hear from Carrie's Place the other day they named another agency in town that's now talking to them and and actively rehoming clients. And who that particular agency is, you could bowl me over with a feather. So it's certainly making a difference in our town, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so why would you go to the trouble of um, signing a memorandum of understanding? What does that provide for you? Well, I guess it makes the the conversations easier because it states in black and white and it's signed off by both parties. This is what we will do, this is what they will do, and this is what we will do together. And... um, it just alleviates any misunderstanding. It's just, it's clear, it's black and white. It's yeah. like an agency agreement. This is what I've agreed to do. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. Now, you were telling me that you are starting a foundation. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What's the foundation for? Yeah, so it is for DV. Yep. Um, and homelessness is, DV and homelessness is part of the foundation, but it's actually a lot broader than that. We're looking to provide um, care workers for our clients. So if you can think of McGrath Foundation and their breast care nurses and they provide a holistic approach to looking after the client, the breast cancer client, I went to a wonderful WIRE seminar um, that I was speaking at and uh, Tracy Bevan was speaking at that oh, about yes. her breast care nurses. She was hilarious. She wasn't was. She? Oh, she had me in tears, <laughs> laughter, and crying. Yeah. And I was sitting there listening to it, and I thought, my my girls need this. My ladies need this. They need a breast care nurse. My- so that's where the idea has stemmed from. Um, and so they don't have um, with their caseworkers. They don't have that kind of support via their caseworkers. Um, I was talking to one of our caseworkers that we work with the other day and she told me there's currently in Maitland 70 families waiting for a spot behind her. 70. 70. So, no, 
Um, wow. Basically, as soon as our girls get a roof over their head and they're no longer at threat of homelessness and move on to the next, they mm. do not have the time. They don't have the funding. When you speak to them, um, the amount of clients they're funded to um, to work with compared to the, the number that because they're a okay. service that are not allowed to turn away. Okay. It is ridiculous. So there is absolutely no room in anything. So I, I liken it to when we get the girls, they've sort of been plonked in this empty house sometimes with no furniture, no yeah, right. anything, don't know anyone in the area, could have medical issues and they are sitting there in the what I say is the darkness and then, you know, I'll be talking to a caseworker about one of our clients that's 12 months in and they're just a normal person calling in to re-sign their lease and they're studying or they're working and the kids are in school and life is all back to normal again and yep. and they've walked from the darkness out into the light and that's what I'd really like our care workers to um, hold their hand and make that transition from the darkness into the light and just to an everyday regular person yep. a lot more smooth and not to provide not the scary Yes. Either. Yeah, right. And, you know, a lot of caseworkers don't know what services and products are available because if you are looking at a holistic treatment of a person, because there are so many of them. So the idea is that our case, our care workers have a great understanding of what private enterprise, government, charities, foundations have available. And if that is a dentist that's offering free dental support for so many or a pro bono solicitor or a they need access to a preschool because the children need socialising and they've just moved to a new area or someone to hold their hand while they go and enrol in TAFE or yep. whatever the holistic to, to make that person back to a normal member of our community. Yeah. It's um, – I've never personally been um, a victim of or a survivor of domestic violence, but I know people around me that have, mm. and you can't underestimate the impact it has on no. people mentally and their ability to actually think through the things that need to be done. They're just not thinking as clearly as they would normally. Well, right? it's often – a lot of um, survivors are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress. Sure. Um, but also once you start working in this field, you, it, your eyes become open to exactly how, how much of your life is affected by this controlling behaviour. Sure. Um, and – your ability to do things yourself becomes diminished and your confidence in yourself that you can make confidently make decisions and um, actions that are going to improve your life. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. How, where did this passion come from, from I you? I don't know. Really? <laughs> Um, I got a thing about efficiency. I don't. Okay. I don't like things that are not efficient. I have to close my eyes if I see something that's being done. Really, um, I like win-win outcomes, and sure. it, this makes the program that we're doing now make sense. And it then does. I guess that has led to seeing a need in the community and something that we could do to fix it. And so the foundation. Firstly, it needs a name. Needs a name. Um, okay. <laughs> There's got to be something around the darkness into the light. There's got to be something in there, right? Yeah. Um, but how much is it going to cost to provide these people? Do you, do you understand all of the costs around it? We're working point? on – I've actually become really good friends with um, – 
the she's actually just finished up at Carrie's place and she was the operations manager there okay. and come from a social work background and we've been mulling through all of this and we've got a plan of how to start it we'll, okay. we'll start it in Maitland because that's where we are sure but basically once we fund a case a, a care worker yep um, and the admin to set it up Yep. Then we can. That's our first one, and we'll, you can we'll roll use it that out as from a. There. That's right. As a. So it's an annual salary. Yeah. 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 Um, and so the admin work would come out of your out of your business. Well, you no, it's going to have to. It's going to have its. Yeah, have, it's stand not on its own two feet. Yeah, yeah, right. It won't be a leg of our business. Yeah. Okay. And how many um, how many people do you think one care worker can look after? We think six. Okay. Yeah. Over a twelve month period. Yep. Yep. Okay. And over that 12 months, they're slowly weaned off and then you would pick up extra, yeah, so that they're not all one intake. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, So I would would love to be kept in the loop Mm. um, about how all of that is going. If people are keen to do something, if there's property managers that are listening to us that would really like to know a little bit more about how to go about doing something like this, are you open for a conversation? Definitely. Drop me an email, uh, give me a call. Um, More than welcome to talk through what we've done, share our memorandum of understanding. Okay. Um, I've done some training with a few other real estate's in town as well yep. with Carrie's place so I'm happy to come and and have a chat with with the team with the, your team but also yep. with your service providers okay fantastic yeah. and speaking of your team how did your team take this initially I think at first they thought I was a bit loopy yeah. <laughs> yep and then now they see it works and how the clients that we're working with are exactly the same as they are yep and it really can happen to anyone and they're I think once you realise that, mm. that it can happen to anyone, that can really be very powerful as a woman to go, wow, it really it could be me. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We really, really appreciate it. And I do encourage anyone who's thinking about this to reach out to Alexandra. What are your contact details? My email is alexandra, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A, at davidhaggerty.com.au. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Not a problem.